senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 65. We are talking live-ish, live-ish. live to tape. Live to tape. From downtown Chicago. Uh, yep. It's Saturday morning. Uh, we finished up day one of C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, uh, yesterday. The yes. The first time we've been here, because uh, normally... If you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that normally our big convention is San Diego. This is the first time we've been here, first time we've been to Chicago. And uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. Uh, first of all, uh, yeah, this is just sort of a, a brief uh, recap with some of the stuff that, that we saw yesterday. We're going to do a full in-depth, yes. you know, including audio that we got from Panel's show on yeah. Monday or Tuesday, depending on how we crippled we are when we <laughs> get back to Boston. Uh, <laughs> early tomorrow morning but but yeah it's a we we did the first day yesterday it was an interesting experience when most of your frame of reference is san diego comic-con or boston comic-con yeah you start to when you're trying to figure out where to go instinctively you look for giant crowds yes which and you just follow the herd yeah. Like, all right. I'm not sure if I'm in the right area, but all right. I see a large group of individuals that all seem to be wearing Wonder Woman outfits. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going the right way. Yeah. So we tried to walk there from the hotel, and it turned out to be like two friggin' miles. Two and a half. Yeah. Almost three miles. Uh, of just emptiness. And the only hope that we were heading in the right direction was occasionally you'd see Green Arrow duck into a stuffed pizza place. Yeah. Or. <laughs> You know, uh, somebody uh, dressed as Black Canary uh, hailing down a cab, yeah. which we should have done. Well, to be fair, and I'm I'm not particularly familiar with this downtown Chicago area, although it's on a grid, which is helpful. <clears throat> it, it doesn't suck. There, there are signs that say McCormick Place, and then there's an arrow pointing, which would give one the suggestion that Foot traffic is reasonable. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, it's, it's right over there. And you just keep walking. Yeah. It's right over there in two miles. Yeah. <laughs> but so much like the aquarium or the planetarium. Yeah. And, and even when we got there, McCormick Place, which is where the convention's being held, is really fucking giant. It is. If this convention, yeah, I, I don't. We were the convention was only a certain area of it. Uh, I don't know. What else is going on in this massive, like, four-building connected structure? Yeah. But if this convention ever takes off, it could very easily, at least at face value, contain something the size of SDCC. One would think. I, I don't know the full specs of um, how many people will reasonably fit into all four buildings, but... Yeah, but... <laughs> Even then, it's like, okay, we're in this giant thing. Which fucking building do we go into? Because on Friday, there were not huge crowds. No. Well, I mean, it was it was a good-sized gathering, but it's a giant space, so they were well spread out. Yeah. But yeah, you, you couldn't tell from where people were going in what door because there was some <laughs> other event going on in one of the other buildings. It's like, well, shit, that fucker's wearing a three-piece suit. I don't unless, think he's one of us. Unless he's cosplaying as an agent from The Matrix. I don't think that's the dude. <laughs> So, and even when you get in there, the place is so big, it's like, 
we're approaching different entrances and finally see the giant C2E2 logo banner. It's like, oh, this is it. We've got it. And they <laughs> they know full well. Okay, that's where you go in, and then you have to go up an escalator and walk halfway down this building. They had signs on the wall saying, you're almost there. Keep going. <laughs> Don't give up. <laughs> yeah. So it was a different kind of, of experience, and it was weird because because we walked the three miles we were already half exhausted by the time we fucking got there. I, it was just sort of an instinctual thing because in in San Diego, even when we're staying at the out of the way hotel, we're still no more than a mile away from the convention center. Right. <laughs> and and this this hotel that we're in is about you know two and a half three miles away. Yeah. So we were half wiped out half wiped out when we got there. Yeah. Um. And then we couldn't stay as long as we wanted to because, Amanda, you were saying, I don't really feel well. And something that we ate somewhere was doing something awful to my intestines. <laughs> so, yeah, we stayed until about five, but we were only able to catch uh, one panel, the the Future of DC panel, which yes. we'll, we'll talk about a little bit here. But again, the the big stuff we'll talk about on Monday or Tuesday. But yeah, it's like, all right, well, if you're not feeling well, and I felt fine. But yeah, you know, I was tired. But all right, fine. We'll we'll head back to the hotel and we'll get something to eat. Yeah. And, uh, Jesus Christ! I woke up at one o'clock this morning. I, I'll say one difference between <laughs> Chicago and San Diego. At no time in San Diego, San Diego have I ever found myself vomiting and shivering on a marble bathroom floor. I don't know. And we've and, gone drinking with some interesting people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I figure there's. 10, 15,000 beers and countless quarts of Jack Daniels between me and the last time I threw up for any reason at all. <laughs> I, I blame myself to a certain degree because we got here. I a blame couple, you too, as thanks. a matter of fact. <laughs> we got here a couple of days early, and, and my mission was to find as many regional dishes that I wouldn't be able to necessarily find back home. You know, the stuffed pizzas, the massive amounts of sausage uh, uh, yeah that why just, thank you just came out of my <laughs> mouth so uh, we've we've been running around hitting tourist spots and eating like mad people for 48 hours going into the convention which is not the best way to warm up to well, hit the con floor <laughs> yeah but you know what we we do the same thing in san diego you get that mindset of yes we're here to cover the convention but we were away from home which means it's half a vacation to begin with true so in San Diego, we don't go to the Brazilian steak place because we're eating light and trying to conserve our energy. <laughs> Good point. No, so, but yeah, something somewhere was just. It horrible. ambushed us in the night. I had a rough ninety minutes overnight. <laughs> I, I think I'm okay today. We are headed to the convention in a little while. Um, hopefully, we can actually. That's the other thing. We have the shittiest. The, the one thing that's very similar to San Diego is the goddamn internet drought. Yeah. We've got the worst internet here in the hotel. So I'm, we're going to... It weekly pees internet. Yeah. <laughs> weekly piddling internet since... Yeah, that's a possible title. <laughs> but um, so yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can get this online uh, this morning. Otherwise, if it's coming tonight, uh, it, we, it wouldn't upload in less than 45 minutes. We had to get to the convention floor. So uh, speaking of which, and again, this is just... Uh, I've seen Jimmy Palmiotti 
tweeted a picture of people waiting to get in this morning. And oh, there's, really? There's a big line today. Okay. So I'm expecting it to be a lot more crowded today than it was yesterday. Yesterday was it was was good. I had a moment, and I just had to do it. Where I just stood in the middle of the floor with my arms outstretched. Oh yeah, <laughs> spinning like you're trying to turn into Wonder Woman. Yeah. I always wanted to say you're gonna make it after. <laughs> but yeah, it's the floor here is really pretty large. It's yeah. much larger than Boston Comic Con. It's not not nearly as big as San Diego, no. but that really is its own beast. And yeah. It's not fair to compare it, but again, this is our first time here, and we've done San Diego nine times. Well, it's, it's a really big floor, and, and still there were swatches of it that actually didn't have a vendor or an exhibitor. So, oh, yeah. yeah uh, certain areas were just roped off, because, uh, yeah, it was a giant floor. If, if they opened the whole thing up, it probably could hold probably two-thirds of the San Diego floor. Perhaps. I will say the the one thing I found the most impressive was the setup for Artist Alley. Oh, it was a great Artist Alley. Was, Jesus, you know, ton, tons of of familiar and not so familiar um, faces, at least to me, and most importantly, room to move around <laughs> so you could see the artists, even if they had a crowd kind of you know sitting and camping in front of them you could still kind of get a look in and not feel like you were stepping on somebody's toes or getting elbowed in the ass <laughs> yeah they gave a significant amount of real estate to artist alley so yeah there were big wide aisles and almost most importantly a map yes. as you entered the area where it was just everybody's name in alphabetical order and yeah a row and table number so if there was somebody in particular you wanted to to meet and maybe buy something, you could zero right in on them. Right. So for me, it was Kevin McGuire, yep. <laughs> who, who's never been in a convention I've been at. And uh, I wound up buying a print instead of something original just because the print was it was a reinterpretation of Batman knocking out Guy Gardner from Justice League 5, I think. The one-punch thing, yeah. but from a whole different angle. So it's like, I can't turn this down. So... Yeah, so it, it, was, it was just kind of great to, to walk around and, and see different styles different um takes on characters and and not be jostled <laughs> yeah and because it was it, it, things were going briskly but it wasn't a mob scene yeah you could actually go up and approach people and talk to them for a couple minutes yeah and and for the the artists where they knew there was going to be heavy foot traffic and a lot of uh, people lining up to get things signed or get commissions they managed to place those artists on corners so that they could do reasonable lines without clogging. Uh, you know, I hadn't noticed that until you mentioned it, but yeah, that was smart placement. So like Connor and Palmiotti, they were over in one corner. Scott Snyder was over in another. Yeah, Dan Slott was in the corner <laughs> yep. up front. Yeah, it was still a mob scene to see Gail those Simone's guys. there somewhere, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think she was in the back right corner yeah. or something. It, yeah, they, they sort of painted the corners with, <laughs> okay, these are the people who are going to draw a big crowd. But yeah, there were well-defined lines for all of them. They didn't get in the way of the other tables. Yeah. So it was really easy to to go up to other people. Scotty Young was another one that was on a corner. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you could just walk up to people and see what they had. You found some artist. Uh, I want to butcher his name because I, I didn't write any notes down. Angel Onofre? Onofre? Yeah. It, it um, just did sort of a... a it did an awesome a, watercolor of Walter White as Heisenberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it was, it's like this beautifully, it's like Ren and Stimpy and Ralph Steadman had a beautiful Heisen, Heisenberg child. <laughs> Born with a bag of blue meth and a madness in the eye. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, we were, 
we were able to go up to Christopher Sabela the first time we went um <laughs> Because we really like uh, his escape from New York, and, yes. and I like high crimes. And uh, he had uh, a print version of the first few issues of. Uh, oh no, high crimes is the one. Uh, Jesus, I'm drawing a blank. All the because I've already packed all the books because we got to ship everything. But high crimes is the one I hadn't read. That's right. a comicsology exclusive. Dead letters. Dead letters. Thank you. Um, but yeah, the first time we went, he, he was kind of mobbed because that was early. The area <laughs> around him was mobbed. Yeah. But then we went back another time, and he's sitting there, looking like he's contemplating the next thing he's writing, pen in his hand, on the notebook, dead fucking asleep. (laughs) Should we say something? Literally, I'm like, he might be dead. (laughs) You're like, all right, let's let's not bother him. We'll come back. (laughs) But but we went back 20 minutes later, and he was there, and very nice, and a short conversation, and found out that the origin of the first arc of escape from new york was he reads the florida man twitter feed and decided <laughs> snake bliskin versus florida man that's awesome pure gold and it was awesome yeah. so but uh yeah it's it, certain things are so much better than the other big conventions we've been to there are actual places to sit around yeah. uh line management was easily on par with anything san diego's and ever very done. pleasant service like it a lot of a lot of I don't know if it's the volunteers or just the convention actual employees in San Diego. You get to some of them are very snappy now. There's a lot of yelling, "Keep it moving!" They're they're not cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, up Whereas to a here point. it was it was very pleasant and everything was with a smile. And, and, and okay, we you. need to because yeah, one of the big panels that we were able to get into, like I said, the future of DC, which was it was a full panel. Yeah, and, and it was still okay. We need to break the line into a third one. You please come here and please follow him. We guarantee that we will get you. Thank you very much for moving. We appreciate it. It's a, oh, all right, no yeah. problem. And the panels themselves, and again, we only got into a couple, but just based on the times in the uh, in the C two E two app. Which is another great thing. You just download an app and the say, app these are the panels awesome. I want to see. And uh, yeah, it's got a map in it so you can find stuff. And you, yeah, you, these are the panels I want to see. And you get a notification on your phone, at least with Android, half an hour ahead of time saying, yep, this is coming up. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, the panels themselves are all longer than San Diego. Everything was pretty much an hour. It felt like it, yeah. So yeah, it felt like everybody was able to, if they had questions, get them in. Yep. And also, there was very little in the way of, and you see this all the time in San Diego, somebody gets up to the microphone to ask a question, and it starts with, you're so awesome, and I love your work, and it got me through a terrible time when I was ostracized in middle school because everybody thought I fucked my cat, and everybody would meow when I walked by, and I just felt very down on myself, and I read your work, and it gave me self-confidence. It made me feel better about myself, and this was sometime in the early 1990s. I took some therapy, and I'm feeling a lot better, and I still really enjoy your work, and I just want to ask, how did you become so awesome? And I have four follow-ups when you're done with that. You didn't get that here. Everybody was pretty much on, if not completely on point, uh, brief and respectful questions and can, stuff. Can kept we walk along. that back a minute? You told that story in incredible detail. Is, th- is there something I need to know? My childhood is none of your fucking business. <laughs> I've told you everything you need to know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the only weird questions... It wasn't even weird, and I really think it was the fault of the panel, came in the DC panel, where it was, yeah, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor 
And see, the problem, the one other thing, they didn't put up placards. No, they, they didn't, didn't announce who everybody was was on it. So I'm not sure everybody was on that panel. There's one editor. Yeah, um, the couple- guy that was moderating is a guy that normally writes and produces for DC Animated. Okay. Um, and it's Heath something. Um, last name begins with C, and I'm blanking on it. Well, my phone's all the way over there. When, when we talk about the panel in more detail, when we do the recap show, we'll we'll Google all this stuff. He was very enthusiastic about his Bizarro book, like to the point where I want to read it. Like, and normally, I don't give a shit about Bizarro. <laughs> Almost nobody gives a shit about Bizarro, but yeah, he sold it pretty well. But that is actually part of why it's really cool to go to these panels is to listen to the creators be excited about what they're writing about or what they're drawing. Yeah, you know. Um, <clears throat> they they talked about the We Are Robin book. You know, it's going to be in the style of the Warriors. Awesome! I want to read that. <laughs> yeah, I had no interest in that until the panel. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, part of it, <laughs> part of it, the the example I always think of, not to go back to San Diego, was yeah, there was some panel we wanted to go to like three years ago or four years ago, and American Vampire had just come out. Yep. And it was not a huge hit. It was doing good business, but it was Scott Snyder's first book. And it was, all right, well, let's let's sit in on this panel to make sure we can get to the next one. And he was just so goddamn enthusiastic about the book, yeah. and which I had tried based on Stephen King's name. And I have since learned, Big Steve can't write comics. <laughs> I know he loves comics, and I love his novels. His comics just don't work for me. So I'd read it, and it's like, oh, this isn't... But yeah, he gave it a second chance, and you got really into it. Yeah. Well, I, it, I like horror comics anyway. Yeah, so it's and it also when I saw his name in the new fifty two on Batman, it's like okay, I'll definitely give that a shot. And now yeah. you can't get near the motherfucker. <laughs> no. Yeah, his panel was like half full, and yeah. it was mostly people for whatever the next panel was there. He yeah. just did a good job selling it. Um, the the it, yeah at that so at that panel they talked about um, also the the relaunch of Constantine as uh, John Constantine the Hellblazer. Yeah. With uh, the the writer's name is escaping me. The artist is going to be Ming Doyle. Right. Yeah, we'll we'll have to, to <laughs> Google that. But even with that, it's, all right, we got the Hellblazer name back. Shit, it's the same shorty raincoat that he wears in the TV show. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to learn to live with the disappointment. Although there was one sort of weird misstep, I think, insofar as... They said, well, you know, people change their clothes. I'm like, no. The the jacket had its own storyline oh, in yeah. Hellblazer. Yeah, its own storyline. It was half possessed by stuff. It's so he's he's not changing the jacket unless the jacket like grows over time. This is in very still set five ish years before everything. I guess, but you can only go so far with an, an iconic look like that. It's, it's like that new kids in the hall sketch about the beard. The guy starts growing on vacation and it takes on a life of its own and just gets wilder and, and more bushy. And finally the wife's like, oh, don't you think you maybe want to shave that? No, the beard stays. You go. Like, so just over time, <laughs> the trench coat just grows as it like absorbs evil from the forces around him. <laughs> yeah. Look, I- I'll accept the short raincoat because the alternative could be, <laughs> yeah, since we're in Chicago, we put him in a Cubs varsity jacket. Now he vapes. <laughs> so... That would be the worst. <laughs> but I say that with an e-cigarette in my hand as I know Constantine must smoke. That's the only thing that keeps me going. John Constantine, Constantine hipster blazer. Yeah. <laughs> but, and yeah, the the big news in that panel, we could talk a little bit about it. We can go sure. in more detail. 
at the very end, Brian Azzarello uh, showed up to announce that he and I, I swear I had heard that this was happening before, but this was the first official announcement because DC put out a press release right afterwards and yep. Frank Miller broke his silence. Yeah, broke his. Oh, shit. I, I wrote a horrible thing about teenagers. And now everybody hates me on the Internet. He has three year silence on Twitter <laughs> to to announce it. Yeah, Azarella's working with Miller on Dark Knight Three. Yes, uh, Dark Knight Three: The Master Race, which seems is the to subtitle. based on the, on the on the teaser art that was released with the press release, seems to involve Superman. Did I did I look at that right? Uh, yeah, but I you was know, kind of fried. Yeah the the teaser art, and I'm doing air quotes, was the silhouette of Batman from one of the more recent Dark Knight Returns trade paperbacks okay. and the Death of Superman bleeding S okay. from Death of Superman. <laughs> so it was not new art. This is okay. stuff they put together to sort of imply and, you know, announcing something like that with those kind of pictures the week after the trailer for Batman versus Superman. You could do worse marketing, I guess. True. But Although I, I just, I, I have to put it out there. Okay, so Frank Miller is writing something called The Master Race on the heels of his last effort, Holy Terror. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Well, that's kind of the problem, I, I think, that I'm having with it. And I don't want to go too much into it because I'm sure we'll beat the living hell out of it on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. But, you know, first of all, Miller's not writing it himself. Right. You know, he's got a co-writer. In its own way, that can be good. If they bring Dark Knight back to its at least somewhat crime story based origins. Do worse than Azarello as yeah. your as your co pilot. There are certain things that I don't think he's really good at, but nobody can deny he writes a good crime story. Yeah. Um but it's they still haven't announced artists. Right. Which, you know, the initial thing was uh, oh, Frank's drawing it. Well, maybe not, apparently not, because everybody's made a big deal about they haven't announced what artist it is. So we've got a third Dark Knight being co-written and drawn by somebody else when Dark Knight return no Dark Knight strikes again yeah I still <laughs> I bought it <laughs> I read it it is in storage now uh, and this pisses me off because I may have to go buy it and read it again and I think the only thing I remember liking about it was the characterization of the question right but <laughs> I could get you a library card <laughs> uh, I'm not allowed near uh, libraries it's a whole thing <laughs> I told you not to ask about my childhood but, well, meow. But you go to hell. <laughs> but so yeah, I mean it's it's Dark Knight, but not Dark Knight with other people. And I have softened up a little bit, and, and I guess that's the one other other area of hope. I've softened up a little bit on All Star Batman and Robin. Okay, I have reread that recently, and I think I get what he was going for with it. I still don't think it's a hundred percent successful, but. If the comparison is The Dark Knight Returns, you're almost never going to be 100% successful on that level twice in a row. Yeah. Well, we're not going to know until more details are released, and maybe that'll happen today. Maybe that'll happen as we get closer to San Diego. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're saying it's coming out this fall. So as we get closer to San Diego. (laughs) Probably. And... uh, for all intents and purposes, the last Batman story Frank wrote was Holy Terror. Yeah. Which is only successful if you look at it in the very narrow lane of he was trying to do old school, golden age, it's okay to be racist propaganda against right. 
Al-Qaeda. That's the only way it's successful if you say, well, this is what he was attempting to do, and that's what it is. So, yes, it was successful. Looking at it, too, is it a good comic? Are the characterizations any good? Does the art start to fall apart halfway through? Can you see the delineating line where he stopped, went back, and whited out two-year-old bat ears from the original art when it was supposed to be Batman Holy Terror? Yeah. And then continue, can you see the line where it's like, ooh, things are starting to fall apart? Yes, you fucking can. Yeah, I just, the book makes me uncomfortable. I I, I read it once. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it a little more you know, when I can also have the, the audio of Azzarello well, just, gushing over Frank. Yeah, because the whole experience of reading that, I came away from it like Beavis and Butthead watching Ozzy Osbourne and Lita Ford duet. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Beavis. Frank shouldn't have done this. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's sort of overall, uh, having seen the first day, um, yeah, it's a very solid floor. Yeah. Uh, with plenty of stuff to, to do, plenty of people to meet, easy to approach, at least on Friday. At least on Friday. Uh, panels were well run. You know, they were clearly delineated places to sit, unlike Boston Comic Con. Really easy to find stuff to eat and drink if you need it. Yes. Yeah, actually, shout out to whoever figured out craft services for this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, was, it was laid out nicely. There were a lot of different options. Um, as a, a San Diego veteran, I'm still like weirded out by the idea of alcohol being free-flowing and ready, readily available on the floor. That happened in Boston as well. And I just can't imagine. And I like to drink. I can't imagine careening about with a mild buzz it seems like the worst way to go up to a hey i like you could you draw me a pretty picture well (laughs) that is as the monies look you and i are professional drinkers yeah we are that's just we're very good at it but we learned a long time ago yeah you can't roll around the floor with half a buzz going (laughs) you you can't do it you got about an hour where it's this is fun and i don't care what i and as the booze wears off and people bump into you yeah at the end of the hour you're becoming a danger to yourself and others yeah so and it's it's too goddamn tiring to walk the floor all day i can see okay you know what i'm going back to the hotel uh, but I want to spend another 15 minutes. Give me a beer to get a head start on the evening's drunk once I'm sitting in a bar somewhere. Yeah, I can but, see that. But yeah, the, the idea of I'll just keep hitting the beer counter until <laughs> I collapse. I was 86th at the convention. <laughs> <laughs> That's another possible title. But, but to be fair, free-flowing beer, there was one beer counter Although yeah. there was one beer counter we saw on the floor, we didn't explore very far past the floor and the meeting rooms. We did out in the smoking area. There, there were one or two just sort of Miller Lite bottles and Bud bottles around, so people were obtaining beer somewhere. Yeah, I, is there a, an open container policy in Chicago? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I literally don't know. I, I've learned that there's no uh, helmet law for motorcycles by the dude who rode past me on a Harley wearing a Bane mask. <laughs> I shit you not. No, I, I was there. I was <laughs> but, there. So, yeah, I mean, it's sort of as an overall impression. We had we had a lot of fun yesterday. It would have been a lot more fun had we not both been ill on one level or another. Yes. So hopefully that is 
past us both because, yeah, basically we're going to wrap up this show and try to get it on the wire and head back over there because, yeah, the Marvel Secret Wars panel is just past noon, so we definitely yep. want to try to get into that. And there's one or two others, so, so yeah. We, we have things to do. Yes, we do. So let us go fucking do them. So, yeah. Uh, anything else about Friday before we uh, sort of wrap this one up? We're going to do another show like this about today at the convention, probably tomorrow. Again, just a quickie, vocal only. No, I think uh, the takeaway I saw here, too, and just in terms of some some differences with vendors, um, there was certainly a comics presence. You, know, you had you had smallish to medium-sized press. You had There was a Marvel area. I didn't see a DC area, but we were also pretty fried. Yeah, I didn't see one, and I don't think I've seen one on the map, but to be fair, they're still doing their big move to yeah to california so in terms of the littler littler guy vendors it was interesting to see there was a mccall's which is uh in addition to being a magazine they, they sell patterns so for the cosplay folks they had a whole thing set up with <laughs> that's right do you want to be the doctor here you want to you want pattern whatever number that was and here's what it looks like when it's made and you know do you want to be a victorian princess here <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's all right. I I can't sew. I I'm, can't sew either. But I, you know, for those that that are handy that way, I I hadn't even realized what industry was out there. Well, that, it, that caters to to those folks and good on them. Yeah, and it makes total sense. Uh, nobody needs to see a fat Doctor Who with a ponytail whose teeth are gritty from vomiting on Friday <laughs> night. But you know, for other people, it might work out well. So that was that was just kind of cool to see. Well, yeah, and the one other thing from the DC panel is that the panel was called The Future of DC. We're three weeks into Convergence now. Yes. The first question somebody asked was, what happens after Convergence? And and nobody can answer it. Nobody was able to answer it, yeah. Nobody even pretended, oh, no, we've got secrets. And it was particular creators with particular books that are coming out, which is fine, and it was cool to hear about them. But the elephant in the room is, what does DC look like after this was over? And granted, all the big editors, yeah, they're humping boxes to the new office. But would have seemed reasonable to have somebody there to be able to say, well, here are a couple of hints about what DC is going to look like after after everybody gets off the planet. Yes. But yeah, they're just uh, not really very much there. It was a little bit disappointing because I figured this would be one of the panels. Right. And certainly everybody else thought it because the thing was packed. Yeah. A lot of convergence questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. But hey, Dark Knight 3. Yeah. Uh, God help us all. <laughs> Complete, <laughs> completing the trilogy that nobody knew was a trilogy until <laughs> yesterday afternoon. Yep. All right. So, yeah, why don't we wrap this up so we can get this on the wire and head over to the floor. Okay. All right. So this has been episode 65 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlives show. Uh Thank you for listening. There will be another recap show tomorrow, probably sometime in the... Actually, let's just put it up in the normal time, 10.30 Eastern time. I think it's 2.30 a.m. Monday, Greenwich Mean Time. (laughs) So look forward to the normal time, but it's not going to be a full show. Full show, Monday or Tuesday, once I can cut all this panel audio together (laughs) and hopefully stop throwing up. So, yes, thank you for listening. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And, uh, yeah, derp. Derp. Derp.